The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. Today is October 29th, and it is the start of Week 8 in the NFL. Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina Panthers. We're going to preview it from a DFS and gambling perspective. Joining me to do so, the man, the myth, the legend, R.J. White. What's up, buddy? Happy Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween to you, too. I I don't want to go. I'm not going to go on a Halloween rant. I'm not going to do it, R.J. Probably good for everyone. I'm not going to deal with the reviews that would flood in on my Halloween rants. Although I have been asked multiple times in the last week if I'm a Halloween guy on ra- different radio interviews. Are you it's a Halloween of, guy? It's kind of a weird question. And I got asked twice on two separate days by two different, like one host was in DC and one host, one host was in Seattle. It's very, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You could be a Halloween guy. What does that entail? Well, I like hesitated. It was like, I mean, I really like it, but I was like, you know what? I guess I'm not. Um, I think I used to be when, you know, in my thirties, you know, when I could dress up and it was fun for me and I could go to like a bar or a party. And, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Halloween is definitely fun in your early twenties, even down your later twenties, going to the parties and getting to come up with crazy costumes and, and, and uh, you know, uh, couples costumes. But yeah, once you get to an age where you got kids and it's just something to worry about. <laughs> I mean, most uh, yeah, like my wife was like, well, what did this head costume? It's like, well, who cares? He's he's now he's six. Robbie's six and a half. He's Mega Man. He's been, he's been wearing this Mega Man costume every day for like a, like a month. It's like it was three. And it's like he's dressed as Donald Duck. Like, who cares? Like, he didn't remember this. Like, it's cute. Like, if, why are we wor- what? Who is worried about anything here? Just throw him in a costume, get him out there, trick or treat, and move on. Or this year, don't trick or treat. Either way, um, download, subscribe, and leave a five star review. By the way, I hope that we get some. I, I mean, I'm assuming that people are going to go out on Halloween anyway, despite circumstances surrounding the country. Um, but I hope we get some DK Metcalf Buddha Baker costumes. Yeah, that the that'd be great. Uh, uh, at least in the first you know, 30 yards, you'd be socially distanced, but once you, once you <laughs> get closer, then it's uh, starting to violate the guidelines there. I just wonder, I don't know how you can do the meme. Like it would be like, Oh, you're dressed up as DK Metcalf. But then like, if you were at a party and you saw a DK Metcalf and you're like, Oh, that's cool. You're DK Metcalf. And you're like, there's a Buddha Baker here too. It'd be pretty exciting. Uh, let's look at this game. Falcons and Panthers, Panthers minus two, the overall under shot up on Wednesday. It was sitting at 49 all week at open there. Uh, I actually had thought, man, that's too low. And I bet it at 49 and then it shot up to 51. Do you still like the over? Do you, do you like the over at all, RJ? Uh, do you like the over at 51? Do you like anything on the side here? See, I think it, it, uh, it opened where I saw at 51 and then it dropped immediately down to 49. And then on Wednesday it shot back up, you know, so I don't know that it knows what it wants to be. Um, I think if Atlanta is going to win, they're going to have to run the a bunch and take advantage of the Carolina's weakness on D that should slow the game down. Uh, So I would lean to the under there at 51 Carolina's played one game 
over 51 since week one, and that got to 52 against the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. They, they, it was a 31-21 game. Um, both of these teams struggle in the red zone. And that game went under, if I recall correctly. I think it went under, but I don't remember the total. But it, just in this, the, the number 51 in general, it's just these, these Carolina games don't get there. Both teams struggle in the red zone. We should see more field goals than touchdowns. So that's another you know notch in the belt for the under. And then um, for the game, I like the the Panthers at minus two. I mean, they beat Atlanta pretty handily in week five. They were up 20 to seven at halftime. They allowed only three field goals after the halftime at that in that game. So even though the score was 23, 16, it seemed like a, a little bit wider of a gap than, than that would um, that would indicate. And Carolina has mainly, you know, been improving as the season progresses, they get reps in their new system and they, they're coming together. The D is well beyond what anyone expected. They're 11th in net yards per pass attempt. Um, Atlanta's D still awful last in the league in net yards per pass attempt. So I think the Carolina pass offense can get whatever it wants. And so uh, the, it's really, does Atlanta keep up and push this game over? Um, but Atlanta's coming off yet another brutal loss. You know, it's like their 800th in the in the whole season. <laughs> so I don't know how they do this every single week. But how are they going to be up for this game on short rest after facing yet another brutal loss? Um, I don't know. That's why I like Carolina here. I don't think Atlanta's going to be in the right headspace for this game. Atlanta one and six straight up, two and five against the spread. Uh, their games are four and three to the over. Carolina three and four straight up, four and three against the spread. Three, three, and one to the over. Carolina is four and one against the spread in five games without Christian McCaffrey. And I would anticipate that McCaffrey doesn't play in this game. He is. Yeah, I, um, think, I think the news as of Thursday morning was that it was trending like he wasn't going to play. So he think- is. So he came back. He did this thing, according to Joe Person, our, our friend of the program from The Athletic, where he came back to practice wearing a red IR jersey. And then got to practice and took it off and put on the regular one. Like, yeah, C-Mac's back. CMC? C-Mac? Nobody calls him C-Mac. CMC is back. And, uh, but I think that it was more like sort of, you know, a bit. Or not a bit, but like more of a, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm returning. I'm, I'm back. Because the Panthers had 21 days to, uh, to activate him. And... I, but I think that he'll probably skip tonight and come back in 10 days from now. Like that makes way more sense. It's a high ankle sprain. We saw Saquon Barkley deal with it last year. He rushed back. It, he wasn't, he wasn't perfect. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't right for a couple of weeks. I think they'll give him an extra 10 days. So I would anticipate that Mike Davis plays in this one. I don't in think Carolina, McCaffrey matters for the spread, but he might move at one point. Yeah. And Carolina is not a team that expected to do anything this year. So it right. doesn't make sense to rush him back before he's a hundred percent. You know, it's like, even if they lose this game, it's like, all right, now we're three and five in, in a year that we probably thought we were going to be one and seven at this point, you know? Yeah. Uh, by the way, Carolina has also lost five consecutive Thursday games against the spread. And I feel like I can remember every one of those. There's the Cam Newton game against the Bucks last year, early in the season when Cam shot. Oh, look at this. Cam's inaccuracy back. Yes, he did. He didn't read the, he can't read his progressions. That's a problem. Um, Atlanta has gone under in eight straight primetime games, the longest in the NFL since 2000. Atlanta is two and one against the spread on the road. Oh, and four against the spread at home. Hmm, six and one on their last seven, six and one against the spread in their last seven road games. They lost three consecutive Thursday games against the spread and it's gone under in four consecutive Thursday games. This is not trending well for me. As we point out every week, Teddy Bridgewater is the best quarterback in the history of the planet against the spread. 31 and 10 against the spread as a starter because nobody wants to buy in and nobody wants to believe in him. And so he gets undervalued and he manages good games and lets Matt Ryan make the mistakes or Todd Gurley fall into the end zone. Uh, he is 14 and three against the spread following a straight up loss. That is pretty crazy. So I mentioned I'm on the over. I think I'd still take it at 51. I do agree with you that if Atlanta 
I think the, my concern would be that either of these teams, both of these teams try and control the clock. And we've seen that from both of these teams where they slow the pace down and they're not taking shootouts. But I think the defenses are so bad that we'll see a couple of explosive plays. So I, I still like the over, even at 51. Yeah, it's yeah, I do definitely agree with the explosive plays thing. I just think it's going to happen on the Carolina side. And I don't know that Atlanta is going to keep up. Um, so we'll see if that happens. I, I don't love, you know, the the underpick, but it just seemed like that's the way these games have trended. So I wanted to, to go with that. Um, the interesting thing also is that favorites have lost eight of their last nine primetime games against the spread. Um, that's not a trend you can, you know, you think there's any reason for it that will continue, you know, and it actually kind of goes against logic um, that, that the better team probably is going to win on shorter rest. So um, I would say that even though that's a trend and they're three and 14 against spread in the last 17 games on a primetime game. So I, I, I don't, I think that if it's not a huge spread like that Bucks Giants game, you know, on Monday night, I think you can feel pretty confident just taking the better team in a game where the spread's only two. And we do agree that the Panthers are the better team. Yeah, I, I don't know why how you can say otherwise. I mean, Atlanta defense is just terrible, and the clear the Atlanta defense is what we expected the Carolina defense to be going into the season this year. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. It also feels like people because we did the pick spot. I did the pick show with Brady Quinn and Pete Briscoe on Wednesday, and it feels like people want to believe that Atlanta. Like, I don't like Brady was like doing this thing. He's like, well, Atlanta's got to turn it around. So you know, at some point, they have to sort of figure it out. Turn it out like. No, they're just bad. Like they're just bad. Like I don't I don't know why people are giving them credit. We're we're seven weeks in. They are who they are who we think they are. Like they're they they are not who we thought they might be before the season. They're just bad. They're not gonna go on some magical six and two run. They're they're a bad football team. They fired their coach already. They can't play any defense. Matt Ryan is making some mistakes. Todd Gurley's falling into the end zone to cost them games. The offensive line isn't particularly great. And they have I mean, like they're the Cowboys with a healthy quarterback. That's what they are, right? Yeah, that makes some sense. Um, you know, it's it kind of depends on who the coach comes in. It's it's you know, Raheem Morris is now the the coach, and do the players want to rally around him? But I think in Atlanta, it seems like everybody's just kind of worried about their jobs and who's. I mean, Arthur Blank said if Raheem Morris goes eleven and zero, he might get an interview. <laughs> what are we doing? That's it's basically like this guy ain't your coach next year, so don't worry about it. Yeah, and so you had the dead cat bounce where they win that game, but then brutal loss last week. So it just seems like back to the the everybody back to the drawing board. Every everything is just as it was early in the season for Atlanta. So I don't know how they they rebound from that. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will do some player props and DFS picks. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, so let's be very clear. Because somebody listened, somebody DM me and was like, or added me and was like, I lost my face betting on the Bears Rams based on your preview podcast that I did with Larry Hartstein. I was like, I don't know how because I just swept the board. Like we, I, we crushed it. So do we need like a, like a, do we need to play like laser sounds diva or something when somebody makes an official pick? I'm going to avoid this. Like we'll discuss a bunch of props and we might say we like them, but RJ, I think we should each make one official player prop pick for this game. 
I mean, I think you guys are pretty good at just saying, I feel strongly about this one. This one's a small lean. You do a good job of that. I feel like I've, I feel like I've done a, I've made an, like a very clear point to tighten it up, to make, to say like, this is my flag plant. And I'm sort of stealing that from some, I think it's the established the run guys do that in some podcasts. I'm stealing that from them, but like, like, I'm going to like, this is what I like. Like I last on, on Monday, it was the Jimmy Graham over receptions, Daryl Henderson over rushing yards. I said, those are what I like. I've already bet them. So, I mean, I don't know if I need to like play like some laser air horn. Do I need to play air horns? Do I need to play like, do I need to play like a, a breach tongue? I mean, like, I, gotta, I, I don't know. I got a kicker prop coming up, so please don't play that one. Oh, all right. Uh, well, why don't you give us your kicker prop? Yeah, so if we're ranking how we like the props, this is the one I like the most. Xiang Hui Ku, over one and a half field goals made. So here's the math behind this. The total points prop for Ku was six and a half when the over was due. So people expect him to get to seven points. I mean, you don't do that without two field goals anyway. But the extra point prop, it was two and a half with the under heavily juiced. So they're definitely not expecting him to kick more than two extra points. So seven minus two is five. You got to have two field goals to get there. So if the, the if you're looking at the props and how they add up, which one do you trust more? I trust the over one and a half field goals made. That's at even juice. So it's, it's not like that is juiced either way to where, you know, they think, oh, one and a half is the right number. Um, I think you got to go over there. Um, you know, he, the game script is in our favor. Fifth, he has 15 and 16 on the year. They trust him. Um, and Lynn is bad in the red zone. We expect it to be a close game where field goals matter. So a lot of kicking in the in the in the uh second half um so i don't see yeah uh you know a huge chance that he gets to two at least two in this game okay um i am going to take one that looks too obvious to me and that is and it's a little juiced i I'm, I'm logging into bet this right now so if you're listening to this podcast this is the pick i like and i'm looking on william hill Julio Jones, uh, total receptions over is five and a half minus 145. And I think that this number is wrong. And I think that it will close at six or six and a half. Julio Jones in was injured in week three, right? He missed week, all of week three. He didn't even, right? He didn't have a buy. So he missed week three. That's when he was injured. Week two was when he got injured against Dallas. He had four targets and two catches. Missed weeks three. Comes back in week four and wasn't completely right, four catches on four targets. Outside of those two weeks, which bookend his injured week, Julio has 12, catch, 12 targets, nine catches, 10 targets, eight catches, nine targets, eight catches. He's a, he's a volume guy. Julio Jones has torched Carolina in the past. I think he has a 300-yard receiving game against the Panthers. I may be crazy. Maybe it's 200 receiving yards and three touchdowns. I think he has a 300-yard receiving game against Carolina, and I will – confirm that I don't know why he plays really well against Carolina, but yes, he has a 300 yard receiving game. against Carolina. He has 178 yard receiving game against Carolina. Anecdotally, he just lights up the Panthers in his career. He, they are not afraid in this offense. What dirt cutter is running right now to use him on short yardage catches, but they're not, he's not going vertical every time they'll throw him underneath because they don't have a great blocking scheme and Panthers can rush the passer at least decently. Brian Burns has been awesome this year. So I will take the over on Julio Jones receptions at five and a half. I anticipated closing at six and a half. And I will tell you um, while RJ gives you possibly another prop he likes. If, um, if it is moved on my site and if I will bet it at six, I will. 
Yeah, a lot of these times when they're figuring out these numbers, they average, you know, totals throughout the season. And so you're getting, the, you know, to your point of the injury, you're getting an injury, you know, sculpted number that 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 really affected that number. So <laughs> I think that's why you're getting over six and a half on my site right now. So if you can get it at five and a half, you should slam it. Yeah, definitely take it at five and a half. Um, one I somewhat like, so not as much as the cool one, is Teddy Bridgewater, longest completion over 37 and a half yards. Like I mentioned earlier, Atlanta's 32nd in net yards per pass attempt. Um, I don't love most of the quarterback props here, but this one I think is a winner. Teddy hit DJ Moore for a, a touchdown of over 50 plus yards uh, in their first meeting in week five. I think he's going to get another here. Atlanta's allowed five passes of at least 38 yards in seven games, so the odds are on our side that, that you know, five of seven, that we're going to get one more often than not here. So, I think the uh, longest completion, I'm not sure who it goes to because Robbie Anderson is known for being that, that long completion kind of guy, but DJ Moore is the one that has um, a, a higher, you know, yardage per, per catch number this year. So I would, I would say it's hard to tell which one's going to get it, but I think someone's going to get it. Yeah. And I don't think you care. I mean, I agree. The Teddy one is a good one because both those guys, a first of all, Atlanta's defense stinks as we pointed out there could be busted coverage. And that's what happened last week for the, for the Panthers on that long D the first long DJ Moore touchdown was there were busted coverage in the back end. And Teddy threw it over the top. He probably won't throw to stress the field often, but he's been doing a little bit more, but it doesn't matter because these guys are like the offense that Joe Brady designed allows these guys to get open underneath. And then they take long, they get yak and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are both great at taking um, or great or great at taking Short passes, a long distance. So I, I like that as well. Mike Davis isn't terrible about it either. Uh, I can't find that one. The longest over-under touchdown I've got is 39 and a half yards. It's juiced 126 to the over, though. So that plays in into the favor. Yeah, I mean, you, you typically don't get, you know, rush yard, rush touchdowns of 40 yards, you know, and it happens, but it's not a big deal. So no, saying, not, okay. you think, no, certainly not with Mike Davis and, and Todd Gurley. Right. So um, I think Gurley in their first meeting had a 30 something yard touchdown um, in, in the game between them and the Panthers. So you're thinking it's going to be a pass touchdown if you're going to get to 39 and a half. Um, and so flip a coin, which one of these teams and with Atlanta being the worst team in the league at, you know, net yards for pass attempt, I think that's the team you got to attack. I sort of like, I, I'm, I floated this to some friends of mine and they're eh, well, smart friends of mine, not my normal friends. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. like he's got it. This has to happen. I sort of like the Teddy Bridgewater over rushing yards, 14 and a half. Am I crazy for liking that? Um, I don't have a huge opinion there. I think that the, uh, the Carolina of Mike Davis will be able to run the ball. And I don't know that he's going to have to do much. So it kind of depends. Is the pressure going to get to Teddy and make him scramble yeah. for it? And I don't know that I trust Atlanta's pressure to do that. He could just sit back in the pocket all night and do whatever he wants. He has three games with more than he only has one game with zero rushes. And I realize that like a lot of those are scrambles, but Teddy Bridgewater is not known as a scrambler. And two weeks ago against Chicago, eight, eight carries had four carries for 26 yards against the Raiders in week one, six carries for 32 yards against Arizona. I guess the one different, you know, three carries for three yards against Atlanta. I, I want to take it, but I'm, so I'm hesitant. Uh, what do you think about that? Julio Jones over six and a half catches. Am I, it's plus money for over six and a half because that, that's just sort of how the move works, right? It goes from juiced up five and a half to juice down six and a half. Should I, sometimes I'm scared to take the over on something when the juice is plus money, which is sort of stupid, but um, yeah, I feel I, like I, he's going to go over six and a half anyway. I think he probably does. It depends on how, what Carolina wants to do on defense. I and mean, you can't do, 
everything you want with two really good receivers. But if they, you know, highlight Julio as the primary guy, they want to slow down and let Ridley do, you know, a little more than he wants, then maybe Julio only gets to five or six catches. So you have to worry about what their defensive scheme is going to be. Um, and having played him so much and getting blasted by him so much, maybe they just game plan to take him away. And that's where you, would well, I mean, one of those dudes is going over five. And I mean, like, unless Atlanta just can completely controls this game, Calvin Ridley's over under five and a half. I mean, one of those guys is catching seven passes, right? <laughs> right. Unless their plan is to run, run, run the ball, because that's how you beat Carolina. So maybe if they can show a little bit of flexibility on their game plan, but that's not really what they do. They come out and throw a lot. Why am I being a coward about this? Todd Gurley's over under carries uh, 17 and a half minus 120. Yeah, it's a little bit high, but I do like his over for rushing yards. I have that written down as one to look at. Atlanta has to run to beat Carolina's D. Like I was just saying, they're 28th in yards per rush at 4.9 yards per carry. If you do the math on that number, you need 13 carries at 4.9 to top 20, uh, 62 and a half. Gurley has 14 or more carries in every game. So if he's getting to 14 carries, he's pro- and, he, and he can hit that, that average number, he's going over 62 and a half. His only 100-yard game came against Carolina. They were even playing from behind in the second half. Like I mentioned earlier, it was just field goals for them in the second half, but it was 20 to 7 at halftime, and he still got to 120-something yards in that game. That's his only 100-yard game of the year. So it, it sets up well for him. I do worry a little bit. He's been had a, high, a higher workload the last two weeks. He had 20 carries uh, two weeks ago, 23 carries last week. Now it's a short week. Maybe they get the backup involved, which we'll talk about him in the DFS section a little bit because I like him as a DFS play. Okay. Uh, any other any other props that you want to do? Again, I'm on the Julio Jones over receptions. If you can get it at five and a half, obviously I love it. I'm probably going to take it at six and a half anyway. I just think he's going to get fed the ball. And I, I like, look, he ran for 14 121 yards on 14 carries against the Panthers last time. I like the girly over rushing yards as well. Yeah. Um, you know, lottery ticket prop that we, uh, I probably isn't going to hit, but Chris Manhurts has four catches on the year. If you, you can take him 12 to one to catch a touchdown. And the reason that yeah, that might be a good play is that um, Atlanta has given up a league high 19 passing touchdowns on the year. A big chunk of those went to tight ends. I think it was set, I think seven or eight, you know, Tanya Tanya had that three touchdown game, you know, against green Bay. Um, so it's a long shot play, but you know, if the tight ends are picking up some, some, uh, extra, you know, looks in the red zone, just cause, um, of the defense that lines up against, uh, uh, against Atlanta, then maybe you can get there. So who knows, just a, just a, um, long shot play there, maybe 10% chance of hitting, but at 12 to one, I like it. All right. Uh, Ian Thomas, 22 to one first touchdown as well. Matt Ryan, 40 to one. That is obscene. Okay. We'll move along and do DFS. So there's a showdown as always with this game. And if you look at the captain options, number one is Christian McCaffrey. But thankfully the guys at DraftKings did a good job pricing up Mike Davis, Christian McCaffrey, 17, seven. They didn't know if he would play, but they clearly, they don't, they don't think he is because they priced Mike Davis at 13, two. And that's good because if you make Mike Davis, what Mike Davis would be, if Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey is active, then 90% of the field is going to use Mike Davis as a captain or have Mike Davis in their lineups. Now it makes it much more difficult. Uh, the top priced guy we think will play is uh, Matt Ryan at 16.5, Teddy Bridgewater 15.9, Calvin Ridley 15.3, Julio Jones 14.7, Robbie Anderson 13.8, then Mike Davis. And then Todd Gurley, DJ Moore, Hayden Hurst. This is a Will Greer, 9,000. PJ Walker, 9,000. This is a, uh, it's a pretty good little matchup in terms of like DFS options. 
Yeah, I think for captain, you go, if you like the, the Carolina angle, you go Teddy. I'm, I've been mentioning the Atlanta's numbers on net yards for pass attempts, so I think Teddy's going to have a big game. That's my number one option to me, clearly. Um, if you're going to go an Atlanta player, I like Gurley, as low as he is, um, 12.6 thousand, um, because that's how you beat Carolina is running the ball on them, like I've mentioned. Um, so if you're worried about Gurley's workload, though, maybe you can go with a guy like Julio, but I think Teddy's my clear number one option here. I would agree with that. Who are you stacking Teddy with? Because you can, yeah. If you want to go with a sleeper option, the guy I'm definitely using in my flex is um is uh, Young Way Koo. The you know, talking about the kicker, he's going to have multiple field goals. I think he's attempted three and four straight. He's had two plus field goals in every game. If he reverts back to a standard after not having any last week, he's talking about double digit points from your kicker. You get the one and a half from that. It's not a huge number, you know. It's not a, a millimaker winning number, but it's enough to get you, you know, over the hump. And you can stack everything else. You can get both, um, you know, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson um, in your lineup. There, you can get, you know, Matt Ryan, and then you know, you pick pick your guy from the rest of it. So um, that would be a good way too. Talking about stacking with Teddy, I would go more over Robbie just because the the price is better. Yep, and he's done better downfield. And as we know, Atlanta gives up those big plays. So, um, yeah, more at 8.2 is, is the guy I'm definitely getting in there. And then Robbie, if I can. So you can go Teddy Bridgewater, captain DJ Moore, and you can actually get Julio and Ridley coming back. Now the problem is of course, you're giving up, you know, Matt Ryan that you can't use in there, but you can add RJ's boy young way. And then you sort of have your choice of cheap guys, Trent cannon. Uh, you can get, uh, Amidas, uh, what is, it? uh, uh, Olamide Zacchaeus. He hadn't seen a ton of action since Julio's been back there. No, but at least you said Zacchaeus once. Zacchaeus. Every, every podcast when you talk about him, you say Zacharias. Do I say Zacharias? Why do I say Zacharias? That has to be know. a Bible. Like, there's no R in there. Big into the Bible. Um, hmm, I might actually bail on Young Way if I'm doing this build and slide down and grab Ian Thomas and Brian Hill. What do you think about that? Yeah, Ian Thomas just hasn't gotten a lot of work. I wanted to like him, but his numbers just aren't there. He's not seeing a lot of targets. Brian Hill is a guy I really like, though. He's definitely in all the lineups I would build. Um, like I said, Gurley's been working wor- a little bit overworked. Maybe if they rest him here, Brian Hill's a good player. You know, we had a season high in receiving yards last week. He's flashed uh, when they played Carolina the first time. He carried six times for 39 yards. That's that's a good little number there. You add a little more to his plate, and he gets into the end zone. Then you're you know at 2.2. Uh, thousand, you're really you know cooking there. So you can do a cap Teddy captain lineup with Matt Ryan, uh, Brian Hill, and Koo in there. Plus get DJ Moore and Mike Davis, and you're still under the total with Teddy. So I, th- I think that's probably my my best lineup to get you at least over the over the the cash line. Uh, two things to note, or just one thing to note actually on Brian Hill: uh, ten carries against Minnesota in Week Six, nine carries against Chicago in Week Three, and I think that's important because. If you, those were games they were leading. Now they lost to Chicago. They held on against Minnesota. But if you believe that the Falcons, if you're building any sort of game stack in DFS that has, that is designed to, um, for a game script where the Falcons are winning, then you, Brian Hill is a must have. Because when, like, when they are leading, they don't just feed Todd Gurley 40 times. Um, Todd Gurley's cap on the season has been 23 rushes, which was last week. And he actually has 14 and 20 in games where they've been leading. So I think Brian Hill is a must have if you're building any sort of game stack where the, where the Falcons are leading. And I agree with RJ that he'll probably get some run because Gurley carried 23 times for 63 yards last week against Detroit. So there you go. Uh, any if other, you need, if you need a super cheap guy, then you go with man hurts. I, I said, he was my, you know, touchdown 
touchdown lottery ticket. Um, so, you know, if he gets a look inside the red zone, he gets a touchdown here. I mean, $200 that that'll get you, you know, that'll pay him off. Um, so if you want to be contrarian and play somebody that nobody's playing, play with man hurts and try to, you know, sneak that in there in the million maker. Did you see the guy who thought he won a million dollars on Monday? Um, I saw that there was a stat correction that, yeah, I didn't, I didn't. It was the, the Somebody found it. It's like Jared Goff rolls out and he's being pressured and he like sort of takes off running and takes two steps and then dives down. And it had originally been a sack and it got changed to a rush. And somebody went from winning a million dollars to winning $3,000. I don't know that I could ever come back to DFS after that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. I'd probably retire after that. I think I'm good guys. Thanks. Uh, all right. That's the show. RJ, uh, all right, so your flag plant prop play is the kicker points, and mine is the Julio Jones over receptions. Prefer five and a half. I'll probably bet it at six and a half. I will also probably take Todd Gurley. I can tweet these out if people like what I'm taking. That would probably be good for transparency. Either way, that's the show. See you, later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.